الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen Mothers and sisters, we are presently a few days away from a short break, from a holiday as we call it. And the so-called holiday times are very crucial times. Sometimes during a holiday time, some people get made because that holiday, so-called holiday, that break was used in a very constructive manner. So they make tremendous progress and they come back very energized, very enthusiastic, very eager, very happy to be back and they build from where they last left off and they move, alhamdulillah, in a very good way forward. And sometimes this holiday, which is a break, as we previously also discussed, that the break sometimes breaks a person. When a person is not conscious, not careful, does not take the precautions, does not look at what's to be done and how it's to be done, does not remain conscious of salah, of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, of zikr, of dua, so then, in such a case, the person then becomes casual, becomes relaxed to a point, starts relaxing in deen, and in time then, Allah forbid, that break, breaks a person, breaks his deen, breaks his haya, breaks his taluk with Allah Ta'ala, breaks so many things. So this so-called break is coming, this little holiday, so-called holiday is coming. The very, very important thing is, that we become conscious of how we are going to spend this time in a way that does not break our deen, does not make us go backwards in the progress that we have made thus far. The most crucial thing in these times and in general for all times also is one's company. The company that we keep will make us or break us. The famous hadith of Bukhari Sharif, which we may have discussed on several occasions previously, the very special student of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala he comes to Sham. Now he is from Kufa in Iraq and he comes to Sham, to Syria. And he didn't come there for a joyride, he didn't come there for some sightseeing, he didn't come there for some kind of holidaying, for picnicking. He came in order to come and seek knowledge from the people that were there, who were based in Sham, who were based in Syria. Now he's come for such a great objective, and he is the most special student of such a great Sahabi, such as Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala. And Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu had such confidence in him, that he once said to somebody, that whatever I have learned, he has now learned it. Whatever knowledge I gained, he gained knowledge from who? 
Abdullah bin Mas'ud gained knowledge from Rasulullah and from the senior Sahaba of that time. So he is saying, whatever knowledge I learned, I have passed it on to him. He has learned it now. So what confidence he had in him and what a caliber of person he might have been. Despite this great caliber of his, despite this knowledge of his, and he's coming to Sham, to Syria, not on a joyride, he's coming to learn Deen. He's coming to gain more knowledge of Deen. And he's coming in a time when there are many, many Sahaba present in Sham. And the era is part of the Khairul Qurun, the best of times. The greatest and best of times was that of Rasulullah then after him that of the Sahaba, and then that of the Tabi'een. These three eras and periods of time are known as the Khairul Qurun, the best of all eras and periods of time. So in any case, he is in this zamana, in this time, when good and good behavior, good conduct, a good environment, all this was at its peak. And he's coming, but the place is strange to him, the place is new to him, he hasn't been to Sham before. He comes, the first thing he does is, when he reaches, he goes to the masjid. And then he makes two rakat salah. After having made two rakat salah, he then makes dua. And what is the dua he makes? Allahumma yassir li jaleesan saliha. Ya Allah, give me good company. Give me pious companions. Now imagine such a great personality, person who Abdullah bin Mas'ud Sahabi of that caliber has confidence in him. He's coming for the sake of learning deen. He's coming in such a good environment, a time where Sahaba are present. And his greatest concern is, Ya Allah, give me good company, give me pious company. Just a disruption of sound, inshallah, we'll continue this now. Just to continue from where we had left off that Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud his special student Hazrat Al-Qama he came all the way from Kufa to Sham to Syria and he came to learn from the great personalities that were present in Syria so he came to learn from the great personalities in Syria and he comes there he comes in a time when there is this great goodness all around. The environment is excellent. People are very conscious of deen. In this zamana, in such a time and place, he comes to Sham. The first thing he does is he goes to the masjid and he performs two rakat salah. And then he makes dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allahumma yassir li jaleesan saliha. Ya Allah, give me good company. This good company is what he is asking for. Because a good company makes or breaks a person. The good company makes a person. The company makes or breaks the person. If the company is good, it will make the person. The company is not proper, is not of the same line of deen that a person has now taken, then that company can be very, very harmful. So in any case, he made dua. Now this is a lesson for us. We are going into the so-called holiday period the thing is to now turn to Allah Ta'ala. Make two rakat salah, make four rakat salah, make two rakats every day. And turn to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you protect me, you guide me, you grant me that 
hidayat and guidance that I get across this period of time safely, save me from getting trapped in any of the traps of nafs and shaitan. So this consciousness is required. And if we approach this time in a casual way, it can be very detrimental, very harmful. So in any case, he made dua, and when he made dua sincerely, he turned to Allah Ta'ala, then he, after completing his salah and dua, he came out, there were some people seated, he came and joined them, he sat with them, after a short while, one personality came, he could see this is some person, some great person, he came and sat right next to him, so he inquired, who is this person? They said, this is the great Sahabi, Abu Darda radiallahu so he immediately turned to him and said, I just made dua to Allah Ta'ala. That Allah grant me some pious company. Allah Ta'ala has answered my dua already. And you have come. Now this is the effect of that sincere dua. But the lesson is that what concern he had. The concern that I am in this place, I must have good pious company. That is what's going to make me. And Allah Ta'ala answers that dua that a sahabi by the of the caliph of Abu Dardar he comes and sits right next to him in any case then some conversation takes place and Abu Dardar in turn asks him who are you, where you come from he said I come from Kufa he says Kufa, is there not that great person there, Ibn Umm Abd referring to Abdullah bin Mas'ud he is not aware that this is Abdullah bin Mas'ud a special student he says how come you didn't stay in his company and is not that person there who was the custodian of the secret of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi He's referring to Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu ta'ala an. And is not that Sahabi there who Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi announced to him the protection that he is protected from shaitan? Who was this Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir radiallahu an? So he is telling him, why didn't you stay in the company of those people? He is now being humble, he's not regarding himself as anything he says you wanted to learn knowledge and be in good company these are the people, you've come from where all this great knowledge is and this great company is so in any case the lesson we learn from both sides is the importance of this company Now, often what happens is that we choose that kind of company who we feel will keep us little bit thrilled will give us some kind of enjoyment some kind of, uh, well, excitement. But what happens is, that sometimes in this enjoyment and excitement, we start forming some kind of group, or we put ourselves in such a group, that many non, uh, or incorrect things start coming out of it. Now one person in that group, for example, is accustomed to now making ghibat. That person just keeps like to talk, about others and the ills of others the wrongs of others even if that is true that is ghibat and that's a severe sin it's such a severe sin that Allah's Nabi, Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif likens it to eating the flesh of a dead person person has died and now somebody is consuming his flesh can you imagine what a terrible thing this is and when a person dies person has passed away, after a short while, that body starts decaying. There's a terrible stench. There is, it's to start off with eating human flesh, then a person that's died, and that flesh is now stinking, it's decaying, 
It's something you can't even imagine. That is the example that the Quran Sharif is giving of ghibat. That how terrible this is. So now this becomes a pastime because of the clique that we formed, because of the group that we've made, because of the circle of friends that we want to fit into. So now somebody is talking of these, these kind of things. We also want to carry on with that. We are listening to it. To listen to ghibat is haram. To make ghibat is haram. So what a terrible sin we get ourselves involved in. And all the good that we have done, all the things we've learned, all the noor that came, all that gets washed away. So what the important thing is, to know where we are fitting ourselves in. If that group, somebody now, is accustomed to chatting, haram chatting, then this is a big risk that that will now rub off onto us. That person is going to say, I was doing this and I was chatting with so and so and this is what I said and what he said, Billah. And most of the time, these are just, and this is something which I have said on many occasions, and it is not something that is just an imagination. It's what youngsters come and relate first hand, when now they have some now guilt that is biting and eating them up, and they want to move away from some haram that they are involved in, and in order to get some advice, they will now give whatever the issues are. So they themselves say, that how we were fooling so many different girls, and making each one feel that you are the one. But he's telling that to ten people. You are the one, but there's ten. And he's making all of them, just for a kind of cheap thrill. He's making all just fools. And they are becoming the biggest fools. Because it is falling for somebody's thrill. There's somebody's just sweet talk. And they are all masters at sweet talk for that cheap excitement and that cheap thrill. It's so cheap that it is unimaginably cheap. And they just sweet talk anyone and everyone. And at the same time they are sweet talking 10 people, 15 people, because they are chatting with everyone here and there and making everyone feel it's only you. And there have been occasions when some girls found out that this person was communicating with me, says he's talking to me, but he's talking to me also. Now two, three people found out he's talking to all three of them. And he's telling everyone the same sweet talk. And he's making everyone feel that my heart is just, you know, you have occupied my heart now. Whereas his heart, there's nobody in there. He's just making fun of everybody, making them fools and using them like a doormat. He's just wiping his feet over them. These are realities. We need to look beyond this. We get caught up in these uh, shaitan's traps. And shaitan has got human agents also. And these human agents are very sweet talkers. But we say, but no, it sounded so genuine and seems so sincere. There cannot be any sincerity in haram. Since when we started looking at sincerity in haram? Can there be sincerity in haram? It's all just a deception. It's all just a uh, smoke screen behind which there's just deception. So we should be careful about this and especially in this holiday times this becomes a big problem. There's family functions and now somebody will now in that family function he'll make it look like he's got all the kind of interest in one particular person. It's all just playing fools with people with their emotions just ready to drop them at a just in one second because he's got so many other things carrying on. And he's making everybody fools. He said, no, but he was a very pious person. Can a pious person commit haram like this? He said, no, but he looks so nice and pious. 
But if he was pious, then would he have been chatting in this haram manner? So it's all a deception of shaitan. If he was pious, he wouldn't be chatting all this haram. So that itself shows that this person, there's a big problem with him. Why is he doing this? So if we are genuine and sincere in trying to save ourselves, in trying to keep our sanity, because these people will play with emotions. They'll put a person on the top, (coughs) and the next thing they'll drop. And now, who's becoming a nervous wreck in the process? He's enjoying life, making a whole lot of people a fool, and he's enjoying life, but who's becoming a nervous wreck in the process? And 99.9% of the time, they just drop them. Something or the other will become obvious, they'll drop. So this is all the the prize, this getting dropped, is the prize of haram, shaitan's prize, that you will suffer the consequence of it. So shaitan's prize is only suffering. And that prize comes for haram. Haram chatting and haram glances and all these haram. Then there's a prize for it. The prize is in inverted commas. The prize is the suffering. So if we want to save ourselves from this suffering, we want to save ourselves from this heartache, then there is one way. Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, is the peace of the hearts. We are all looking for that happiness. We are all looking for that contentment, for that tranquility, for that serenity that can never, never, never come out of haram. It is trying to quench the thirst by eating something that is boiling hot, drinking something that is boiling hot. That boiling hot is going to burn. It's not going to quench thirst. It's going to burn. That tea is steaming hot. It is boiling, it's bubbling still. And a person says, I'm feeling thirsty, so let me drink this. He's going to burn his whole tongue, he's going to burn his throat, he'll finish off with blisters in his entire mouth. But what he was trying to do to quench thirst. Now all this is also linked to Jahannam, all this haram. This chatting, and this haram glances, and looking at haram on the phone, and reading this haram novels, and all these kinds of things, this is all linked to Jahannam. So it is burning hot. Just that dunya is a place of challenge. So a person puts his hand on it, he says, I can't feel any heat. What are you talking about? So then, that heat then hits the heart. This is a challenge, this is dunya. So outwardly it seems like, what's wrong with this? There's nothing, no problem with it. But we know there's a problem. You see, but everybody seems to be enjoying it. Ask their hearts if they're enjoying it. So the simple and the straightforward thing is, we turn to Allah Ta'ala and Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala essentially is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala is remembering him. And the person who is disobedient to Allah Ta'ala, that person is not remembering him. Then even if he's saying subhanallah at that time, but he's looking at haram, then he's far away from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So we want that peace, we want that happiness, we have to turn to Allah Ta'ala. And the more we will turn to Him, the more we will see this light settling into our hearts. This is something we have mentioned also on many occasions, that if a person is in darkness, so the darkness, anybody is very, very uneasy in darkness, insecure in darkness. The person is feeling very, very scared, vulnerable, I don't know what will happen. Where am I going to walk? I'll bump into something. Somebody will come and attack me. I won't even know. Because it's all dark here. 
person is looking for a light now because he's so uh, restless in the darkness. But if a light is put on, if it's a dim light, the person already starts feeling some relief. That I can see at least where I'm walking. But he's still a little bit uneasy because he's still very dim. And then if a bright light comes on, he feels relaxed. Alhamdulillah, I can see everything now. I can see where I am. I can see if anybody is coming. I can see something lying on the floor. I can see what is a stick and where is a snake. So now the person is relaxed. The person is at ease. So likewise, inside our hearts, if there is light, and this light, we cannot put an energy saver bulb inside, or some floodlight inside, try to connect it from outside. This light comes from the nur that Allah Ta'ala puts in the heart. This light comes on from a'mal. This light comes on from zikr. It comes on from that istighfar that a person makes. And make it, make it now, while we are talking from the heart, say three times very deeply, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. That alone, you would, inshallah, if we've said it from the depth of the heart, we'll experience something in the heart. We'll already experience something happening, some light coming in. All the good that a person does, but to the extent we do it with sincerity, we do it wholeheartedly. We do it from the depth of the heart. We do it in a way that is conforming to the commands of Allah Ta'ala and the sunnah of Rasulullah Then every good, whether we are just helping somebody with something, we are smiling at our Muslim sister for the sake of Allah Ta'ala with sincerity, that too will bring noor in the heart. That one sister is smiling at her Muslim sister for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. One brother is smiling at his Muslim brother for the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone. Nabi Islam says, don't regard any good deed as trivial, even if it means smiling at your fellow Muslim. That the Muslim sister is smiling at his Muslim sister, and the Muslim brother is smiling at the Muslim brother for Allah Ta'ala alone. So all this brings light, and the zikr especially, especially the zikr brings tremendous light, but we have to do it, and we have to do it correctly, and do it wholeheartedly. So this holiday period, we have to now ensure that this zikr, this tasbihat, this is done, this is done properly, it is done correctly, and then we will see what strength it gives us, what spiritual strength it gives us to be able to conduct ourselves in the right manner. So, we were talking about these groups, that's where we branched off from, that now ghibat will start in it, somebody will now start getting us caught up in some chatting, Allah forbid, if that group is not right. So there's no harm in having friends. We all need some friends sometimes. We all want to be with some friends. But we need to see whether this friendship is taking us in the right direction or the wrong direction. Are these friends, those who we are getting inspired by them towards getting closer to Allah Ta'ala? Or are they taking us towards that which takes us away from Allah Ta'ala? Often what happens in these groups that now we are in one group, but there is another group somewhere. Some others have made another group. So now we have to show we better. So we have to run them down, do things to hurt them, mock them, jeer them, pass on comments about them, and then gossip with one another about them. And that group will do the same. Allah forbid, what are we doing then? Where are we heading? These are common things, unfortunately. These are the kind of things that happen from time to time. That is why we are discussing it. So, if we are not in such a situation, Alhamdulillah. And we need to still be cautious. We need to take the precaution.
And if we have put ourselves in such a situation, we need to realize that we are on a very slippery path. And Allah forbid we can slip very quickly. Now when these kind of cliques and groups are formed, then now every story, we have to keep, now somebody is saying something, I can't sit there dumb like I know nothing, I'll have to say something. If I don't know what to say, I'll start talking anything. I'll start bringing the private things of my home into this conversation. Whereas something that is private for the home is in the home. That mustn't come into the madrasa. It mustn't come into our conversations. That's something pri- But now I got to say something. Now everybody is saying something. I can't sit dumb. Now I'm talking about the private things of the house. That's a totally incorrect thing. It's against the dictates of amanat of one's home. Because the private things of one's home is private. That is not meant to be discussed in public. Yes, if there's a problem somebody has and he needs advice of how to handle the problem, then he'll discuss it with one person who is taking the advice from. So, now you need an advice from some muallima, you'll go specifically to one person and discuss it and take the advice and move on. But to idly talk about it in one's circles, that's now against the dictates of amanat. What is in the home is amanat. So all this happens when when we don't choose our friends correctly. And we don't look at where this is taking us. We are looking for that cheap thrill, for that one moment, for that short time. And that is very dangerous. Sometimes it can really take a person hundred steps back, hundred years back. So, again coming to this aspect of company, this is the crucial thing, that we need to all the time be conscious that where are we heading? We are getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, or are we getting distant from Him? When we go closer to Allah Ta'ala, we'll see that contentment coming in our hearts. We'll see that serenity. The challenges, challenges, dunya is full of challenges. Dunya is not jannat. But despite the challenges, a person will still be in control. He won't get overwhelmed. He'll still be able to handle himself in the right way. But when will this happen? When the heart is filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala. When the heart is filled with this noor, then a person will remain under control. And we will not feel that restlessness, that like life now must come to an end, how can I carry on now? No, no. The Sahaba Ikram went through what we can't even dream about. The Ahlullah, the Awliya of the Ummad, they underwent such challenges that we cannot even dream about, let even think about it. We can't even, that is too far beyond our imagination. But despite that, they were still at peace with Allah Ta'ala. And they took this in their stride, and they passed through it. And they overcame it. Allah Ta'ala showed them the way also. So what is required of us is to turn to Allah Ta'ala. The zikr is not a by-the-way thing. The tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is not a by-the-way thing. We need to do it with commitment and do it thoroughly. Do it well. Do it with our heart and soul in it. And then we see how, inshallah, this lightens our heart. And then avoid those things that bring darkness into the heart. Otherwise, then that darkness is going to make us uneasy. Whether it is that haram chatting, whether it is looking at something haram, whether it is some haram in some other form, talking rib, haram, ghibat, etc. And occupying the, deliberately occupying the heart in haram thoughts. One is a waswasa, 
a whisper of shaitan, it came, immediately ignore it, and turn the mind and heart away to something positive that won't harm one in any way. But where one starts entertaining all the haram thoughts, starts entertaining all the evil that shaitan is whispering, then this starts creating darkness in the heart. And when there's darkness in the heart, then the darkness will lead one to start committing dark deeds, ill deeds, evil deeds. And then one thing leads on to another. And then a person gets trapped in this darkness. <clears throat> that becomes a... Then a person now is getting all kinds of evil thoughts. Why? Because we allowed this darkness to settle in the heart. We, we open the door to it by entertaining these evil thoughts, by deliberately getting caught up in all this haram thinking and the haram glances, etc. So then now this creates this darkness around the heart. And the heart becomes engulfed in this. And as a result now a person is totally restless. So what is the solution? Come back to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's doors of rahmat are open. Allah Ta'ala is waiting for His bandhas to come back to Him. And when His bandhas come back to Him, Allah Ta'ala takes them in His rahmat. Unlike insan, sometimes no matter how close that relationship is, sometimes it can be mother and child also. But the child has really gone far, far off the track and hurt the mother terribly. Then that mother also sometimes becomes so hurt that she says, now I am not interested, please don't come in front of me. person now sometimes, he regrets and he is now remorseful too, but the mother is so deeply hurt, she can't, just can't take it again. So that happens in dunya sometimes. But Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat, Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat is beyond every mother and all the mothers of the world put together. Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat is unlimited. And a person comes back to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat is there to enshroud him. And when Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat enshrouds somebody, then what more does a person need? Then the person is at peace in dunya and is on the road to peace everlasting in the akhirat. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq that we are all the time conscious of the company we keep. We choose the right company and especially in the so-called holiday time, we stay far away from those avenues, those places that are not conducive to the, to the aspect of taqwa, the fears and whatever else goes on. We need to be conscious that this environment is far away from what is conducive to taqwa, what is conducive to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. It is a virtual impossibility that a person enters this kind of environment and comes out with an increase of iman. It comes out with the strength of iman having increased. It is almost an impossibility. Unless somebody is of a very, very high level, some very big buzrug, and he went in there and came out in such a way that he did not get affected in any way by whatever was happening there. That is somebody else. Otherwise the whole environment there is created in a certain way to create a certain kind of hype, certain kind of excitement, certain kind of feeling. When a person goes through that and all the intermingling and whatever else takes place, the person comes out from there with the iman affected. That is the bottom line. So we should be far away from these kind of places and when we turn to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will give us more than what we can imagine also. May Allah Ta'ala bless us all with the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka al-shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. 
جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب